What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ready Player One spoiler cast here at the Geekiverse. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me today, Ready Player Four, as uh, as Seth. Yes, I was the so last to sit down, so I'm Player Four. Y- yes. So I'm playing with your 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 broke ass Nyko controller over here, <laughs> your Logitech business or whatever it is. <laughs> yep, I'm here, and I'm uh, the first time I actually ever saw one of like the opening night uh, screenings with you guys. Is uh, it took a yeah. long time, but we finally it was Ready Player One, and uh, boy, was it a ride. It was uh, it was great. Yeah, I, I in the theater before I'm like, Seth, is this a ex- except for the room? Is this the only except movie? for the room? That's the only movie we've ever seen together. That's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. Wow. Two years of this. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. And you. So this would have been, I guess, actually two years ago, your anniversary now. That's true. Yeah. Uh, two you years. You came around just before BVS. That's correct. Yeah. So How about happy that? two year anniversary to Seth Zelinsky here. Thank you. Yay. Yay. All right. That's enough. That's enough. All right, uh, cross me, Mr. Jeff Pavlock. The lettuce is ever growing. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's, it hasn't stopped. It hasn't it, stopped. I don't know. I, it's weird. Uh, just it, keeps growing. I, I would We're anticipate kinda, it would hit a wall. No, my hair is uh, actually it's it's not really long, but for me this is kind of long. We've so. all like decided to not get our hair cut. Yeah. How long correct. has it been? Oh God! I'd have to be going back to like September, maybe. That's what I was gonna say. It's been a while. It's about three full months for me. Really? Yeah. Oh man! Wait, how about? I get my haircut pretty short though, so it's not it's not long, but yeah, just it would, compared to what I'm used to, and I'm gonna wait a little longer still. For so. m- you know what? I guess for me it would have been like first week of January. Yeah. So that's when I got mine. New Year's Eve. What I'm trying to do is uh, call the. Uh, like the dad mullet, like the hockey dad mullet. Just like a, I, I get curls in the back, so I'm gonna see what happens. Like uh, like Wade's uh, aunt's girlfriend in this movie. Oh, that was like that, that was a, no, that was a straight mullet. <laughs> no, that no, was no, a no, straight a hockey mullet. mullet. This is, this I, I don't know how it, different a hockey mullet is from. Th- I think uh, let's see here. Like like Bradley Cooper could pull this off. I'm sure he did at one point. I'll, I'll find a good picture. I know exactly that. what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, just, just enough. Just enough vlog. I don't know. I might uh, get a haircut soon. Anyway, we have Ready Player Two here. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Leroy. You, when's the last time you got a haircut since we're all talking about this? Oh, thank you for asking. Probably six weeks ago. I don't six know. Six weeks. Pathetic. I'm getting Barely it. Hold out, guys. I'm getting yeah. a cut next week. Amateur <laughs> hour. <laughs> wow. Also, my hair is much longer than all of yours. And no, I am a girl. For, for now. It for now for now <laughs> there was a time when Josiah's hair was longer than mine and I it wasn't a good look for me <laughs> uh, it was a good look for me though so that was always good so we uh, we just saw Ready Player One here on not uh-huh. the opening night by the way guys uh, that oh was, yeah uh, this is Thursday last night how about that yeah. so uh, we, we we rarely miss those opening nights but this kind of crept up on us so uh, the adaptation from the novel Seth have you did you finish the novel I did, and I started rereading it as well in uh, the lead up to this movie. So yeah, by it's Ernest Klein. You were reading it on the way to E3, I think. Um, uh, probably. I was going back and forth. I know I was reading Console Wars, but I probably also had Writer, Writer Player One I with me. I swore you yeah. had that with you. I, I'm sure I did. Probably. Yeah. Good um, stuff. Yeah, I I really like the book. Um, uh, you know, uh, the, the movie. Uh, we'll go into this in more detail la- later, but um, there's a lot that the movie changed but i feel like it was all for the better they really um adapted the story for the screen in a way that fits the movie medium but it really does justice to what the book was about and the the, the movie was co-written by the author himself as well as zach penn so uh yeah good stuff but we'll get more into that in a bit. Or are we getting into it now? Is that, what's that in the outline there? <laughs> you and your wandering eyes, <laughs> Mr. Zelensky. <laughs> more like wandering tongue. Okay, Pop. <laughs> this Creepy. is not the time or the place. <laughs> so, Pavlock and Jamie, have you guys read the book? Nope. No. I have not. This is the first. So what are you? We always warm. have a good perspective on these podcasts, you know? Yeah. Like, I had not seen... The original Pacific Rim, Pavlak obviously did, so that mm. was nice for last week. Mm-hmm. A Wrinkle in Time, Amanda had more than read that book. She's yeah. all up in it. Uh, I had no context for the movie, so mm-hmm. you know we <laughs> kind of provide that a little bit. And I had read the book. And Jim had read the book. This is so the first time in a while that I haven't done that, where I read the book or watch the original movie or watch the previous movies, anything like that, before mm. seeing a movie. You even did it and for Blade Runner, right? 
Yes, I did. And that's I like a, and that's like a ten hour investment to watch two two movie. of those movies. <laughs> that, that was a long two days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so, I, yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah, your 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 perspectives on it. Yeah, Go, um, going in blind, kind of. And when I, I say blind, I guess I we, we saw the trailers, but yeah, but other uh, than that, you didn't really know anything. Yeah, I I and I think I think we all felt the same with this, and just in our chat, is that as time went on from the first moment we saw the first trailer. Like our uh, our anticipation ramped up, and we got more excited as time went on for this movie. Yeah, honestly, the first trailer did nothing for me. I was like, I, yeah, I, whatever, I'll see it. I, it seemed just completely off the grid. It was it was very much under my radar, and then it just progressively each new trailer that I saw, I got a little bit more excited for it. Up until then, you know, just recently, where I was really pumped, and I think a lot of that is just the amount of nods and Easter eggs and references to pop culture throughout the decades yeah i i also think that yeah, the, the trailers got better as they went along i was excited from the get just because i was a fan of the book but i the, as the trailers went on I, uh you could make more sense of like what the actual story was about by the time we reached that final trailer i feel like they were cap- finally capturing the spirit of the uh of the book in, the, how, in the trailer how long is the book um I don't know. I mean, it's like, I don't know, a page number or anything, but it's not. That's what ter- I was looking for, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, Research team. All right. Well, it's let's that, see. This 385, thing. apparently. It's, so it's, a, it's an average good size. Average and I feel like down. that's like the right kind of length for a book that you could adapt into a two, two and a half hour movie. Yeah. I feel like any longer and then it's maybe getting a little out of reach. Yeah. Um, the the book is fairly dense in terms of its world building, uh, and I feel like they were able to. That that's one of the, one of my favorite things I think about uh, the book and the movie is just the um, the the detail and kind of the the imagination of uh, besides the oasis, also the real world and and how you know in in thirty or so years. Um, you know where society could be and how the oasis figures into that is uh, not only engaging but uh, somewhat plausible. So clocking in at two hours twenty minutes like that that was a, oh a wow longer long than movie. I thought. It didn't it didn't fe- it felt like you know there was a lot. It didn't feel long to me. It didn't feel too long personally. How do you guys feel? It, it was like at the the edge of of where I wanted it to be. Oh like really? It, yeah. If it went any longer, I, I I don't know. I could have went for more. I was really enjoying it the whole time. Oh yeah, yeah so I, I was it, too, but I, I was kind of done. I would have liked more, honestly. I, I wanted to see more of that. Length. That's what it felt like. Yeah, um, you said something in the theater, Seth. Kind of like uh, this is the movie we would have made with a okay, we had well, that kind of budget. I said, in a, in a oh sense. Wait, 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 are we? Well, there was a sequence in the movie. Um, I mean, there's a lot about the movie, but yeah, I was addressing one sequence in particular. Which uh, is there going to be a spoiler section for this later? Or? This is, is the whole thing. Oh, this wait. is a spoiler cast. <laughs> There's always one. It's called a spoiler cast. So yes, uh, folks, this is the uh, the full spoiler cast. Uh, spoilers if you have. We'll not turn seen back the movie, now if you haven't seen it. But bookmark yes, otherwise. The Shining sequence was oh my gosh. unbelievably great. Yeah. Uh, I loved that so much, and that yeah, that was what uh, spurred me to say that like yeah, the, the way they were like wandering around the house and creeping up to the typewriter, and he was like the H was over you know by the th- he he was like in slow mo slipping on the blood pouring out of the elevator. It was uh, yeah, it was like if we had the means and everything. I th- that's I feel like that's something we would have made. That just just that the movie, it's a big budget thing and everything, but it. It doesn't feel to me like a studio kind of phoning it in and just and just grabbing all these properties. It feels like it was made by people who uh, have passion for what they're referencing. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great point. Um, in terms of, uh, well, you know what, we'll, we'll get back to references, but yeah. over, overall, uh, if you had to sum it up, uh, what, what did you think of the movie? Jamie, why don't we start with you? What did you like? What didn't you like about it? Give us uh, your rundown. Okay. I thought it was awesome. Um, going in quote-unquote blind, I actually really enjoyed doing that. I, I normally don't like to do that, but... Uh, it's tough in our line of work, you know. <laughs> right? Like it not, is. Not, yes. Yeah. It really is. I uh, heard people talking after the movie about how there were so many differences from the book and blah, 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 and it kind of made me appreciate not having read it for once. But... Because uh, that's a difficult thing to separate. Agreed. Like, you know, it's uh, the, we'll get into that. Uh, later, but yeah. Oh, you can get into it now if we want. Nothing's stopping <laughs> us. Oh, Just like, what you what you think? Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, that was one of the most enjoyable movies I feel like I've seen in a while. Definitely, definitely one I would like to see in a theater for the spectacle, the visuals of it all, and to see all of those recognizable. Th- thank you, Seth. 
I just tossed. I, I wasn't. Lindy, ta- I wasn't talking or anything, but that's fine. He was whining. Yeah, why was don't you? Why don't you just take over while you're at it? Okay, I'm. I'm. I'm Pavlo. I can hear what I thought of the movie. I thought. Well, I, I was distracted from the movie because this sexy Seth was sitting right next to me. You're uh, John Wayne, by the way. I get. Yeah. yeah I, I, know, I couldn't tell if that was Christopher Walken, John Wayne, uh, maybe a little bit of Jeff Goldblum in there. I, I wasn't. Yeah. It was evolving, so who, who knows where it would have went? It would have wound up at Jeff Goldblum. All roads lead to Goldblum. In my, but as I was saying, brain. yes, please, Puff. I did really enjoy uh, just the um, to see all of those recognizable characters and properties showing up on the big screen. When you know a lot of those aren't going to get their own movie, they're not going to get their own blockbuster. So to see a Gundam, to see yeah. uh, what the the motorcycle from Akira. Yeah, to see a lot of those, especially those anime references, loved it. Just so cool to see them on the big screen. It felt like one giant celebration of pop culture from all around the globe, multiple different cultures, multiple different studios. It was great. Yeah, it felt like it, it truly was made for for true video gamers because you mm-hmm. had that yes. uh, <laughs> recognizable stuff. You know, you had your your Master Chief in there, uh, even uh, certain of the Batman Arkham characters, which I loved, of course. Um, yeah, then, it was it Arkham Knight in there. It was, it <laughs> was, it was crazy. I loved yeah, it. yeah. Uh, but then, then you got your deeper stuff, like you mentioned, Pavel, like just now. Uh, some of the the characters that maybe only hardcore fans of of general geeky things would know. And the fact that you know, Parzival himself wears a Buckaroo Banzai outfit—that's a you know definitely a that's like an '80s uh, movie that was George Lucas was involved with. That is, uh, I mean. Uh, it was a bigger release at the time, but n- nowadays that's a very niche thing for, uh, to reference. So yeah, yeah, they they did a good job with that. Uh, kudos to the writing staff and, and kind of bringing that to light on the screen. I mentioned one to Seth shortly after, but there's a very brief shot of the monster from the 1957 black and white <laughs> Ray Harryhausen movie, 20 million miles to earth. So there are some really, yeah. really old references in there that, I mean, unless you're, a you know giant monster fanatic like me who grew up watching those movies even yeah. though I was born in 1990 you're not <laughs> going to know that stuff unless you know you're a little older if you're in your 40s or 50s so I mean there's just references for uh, pop culture fans from all walks of life you must yeah. have been in all your glory you oh got, it was you fantastic yeah especially mecha godzilla shows up at all one of point. us there's something for all of us to love but yeah some of the things in particular i think with with pav yeah the king kong mecha godzilla and the gundam right after it like it was yeah that was fantastic yeah yeah that was uh that was pretty special in uh in terms of the the video it, it being you know uh i don't think appealing exclusively to, to video gamers but it definitely you know uh, is a focus. It reminds me of a lot. Have you guys seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. I adore that movie. Wow, and you don't really see that. I mean, you don't, all four of us. Yeah. We all agree. Yeah, that one doesn't happen too often. Yeah. I wish, almost in unison. I wish, right. I wish that <laughs> amount of the audiences went to see it so it actually made some mo- money. But yeah. uh, that's a movie that I love that is um, is like a video game movie that isn't a video game movie. It's like so much of it is just about and uh, inspired by and, and honors video games. And uh, I feel like that was a big thing this had going for it. It kind of um, had an understanding of, of, of gamers and, you know, th- things that, uh, that gamers understand. And even like the gaming industry, I, f- I feel like you could, you could have extracted commentary of, you know, big publishers enforcing, you know, uh, you know, uh, like advertising and like digital rights stuff. And it, it was, uh, yeah, it, it, it hit home in a surprising way in that sense. I don't remember some of those details being present in the book. So that was great. What's, uh, what'd you guys think of the, the CG and the art style of the, uh, the, basically all the, the video game characters, like their avatars. So I, I love, I love the, I personally felt it was, it was, it, it looked fantastic. And the, um, the, the 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 performance capture of it you know it, it's you know I, th- I think it's like uh something you you know the, these characters that you're watching their avatars for most of the movie uh, are you going to be able to connect with them and i feel like the the animation the the detail was so great and the the performance capture that they applied to those avatars was so good there's so much personality that came out through mm-hmm. them that i feel like you absolutely absolutely did what you guys think i liked that it wasn't hyper realistic it was cool mm-hmm. that it was very video game and that yeah. they didn't yeah they didn't just use different humans or anything like that it's a good yeah. point because like it, it immediately well in some of the trailers i was worried about it at first i was like oh man that doesn't look that that great but then I they're probably still back. working on the cg in those early trailers sure yeah. i never and, thought of that yeah. and now yeah. 
you know, seeing the movie, I was like, they almost set themselves apart. Like, like Jamie said, like they weren't trying to make this look real. This was clearly okay. You are in a video game world, mm-hmm. and I think that was a, an important part of it. Uh, um, but Pavlak, what did you think of the overall art style with how everything blended? You had a little bit of that faded look because this is like a a little bit of a dystopian future. You've got uh, almost the mix of the neon that you get from the 80s kind of realm. How do you think it all blended? And did you like the art style of the characters? Oh, I, I love the art style altogether. The characters definitely had like an anime manga feel, I feel like, with the you know enlarged eyes a little bit. Artemis. Very, yeah. very sharp features like jaw lines, cheekbones, and all that. They looked like they were straight off the pages of a manga uh, yeah. strip. Um you know, it was almost like they looked polished, like almost too perfect. And I think that I think that was ideal, though, because it really was setting it apart from the real life. You know, there was there was not a flaw to any of these characters designs. The textures were, like I said, perfect, pristine, almost like in an unusual way. But that's how it should be, because this was trying to capture when a, you know, when a developer wants to make their visuals photorealistic perfect cutting edge uh graphics for a video game also uh in terms of you know because in the in the oasis people create their own avatars so they basically look they make you know sometimes it's more imaginative things but a lot of case with with the case of like parzival he makes or wade he makes like a really you know chiseled attractive version of himself and that's what a lot of people would do you know so uh uh, yeah, so I yeah, it, it's it's interesting to imagine reading the book what the digital world might look like. Uh, but I feel like yeah, there's a there's a lot of um, design changes uh, from the from the book to the to the movie. Uh, not to mention narrative changes, but like one interesting one is that uh, Artemis. The whole thing with the, with the birthmark is in the book, but um, Artemis is also um, her avatar is like a little more full bodied. It doesn't look quite as perfect as everybody else's. It's in, and then in the end, you find out that the, her avatar looks almost exactly like her, um, uh, her you know, real uh, being, except for the birthmark thing. So that's just kind of an interesting little uh, little tidbit there. But uh, yeah, I really like that feature to the real life character of her. Me too. Yeah, it, yeah. You that know, was really it, nice. It, yeah. it sends the message that nobody's perfect. We've all got blemishes. We've all got flaws. And a lot, you know, yes, a lot of us. Um, you know, are embarrassed by them at times. And I, I look, we, we all can relate to that. No one is this perfect, like Seth, uh, Seth's that chiseled, perfect looking, um, you know, narcissistic, you know, you know, Greek God looking kind of character. We've except all for, got uh, flaws. Except for uh, Nate Locker. Bruno Ra- thinks oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Bruno thinks a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Was that her no, only... I picture Nate like posing like this. Like, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that her only issue? Um, because remember she said if you saw me in real life you'd be disappointed but what was it just about her I thought birthmark? it was just with the eye I think that was the focus yeah I, I liked it and you know what she was a cute girl yeah. like for what it's worth you know Lauren would have said it, it's character <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's exactly how, how she you know defines those things I imagine I, I thought it was a nice thing yeah I imagine she maybe just meant also just um, just the perception of, of her as a whole personality wise and just comparing the real world versus the Low confidence, the world right? And everything. Like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fine. Low that's self-esteem and all that. But if, if you're in a video game world, like that's why a lot of people game. They they can escape into yeah. that oasis. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So that's that's part of the plausibility of the the future this movie lays out for me. Um, in the in the sense that the oasis isn't even just a video game. It's like a, they go into more detail in this in the book, but it's like a utility. People go to school in the oasis. Um, uh, people. Uh, yeah, they, they go to their jobs and they do so many things that it's uh, th- that's why nearly everybody has a headset. It's not just, you know, people Bas- play video games. Basically alternate dimension. It was so cool it's, to it's, see everyone yeah. on the streets with a with uh, the headset on. Like mm-hmm. every single person was in this world. But yeah. it also was like no one is in real life right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it was probably yeah. like a nod to how everybody is always on their cell phones. Oh, the cyber there are a, certainly, yeah. There are a ton of references to current affairs. Social right now commentary? Yes. Do you want to go yeah. over some of those? Sure. I, yeah. the, the, the one that jumped out to me, especially, was the issue of privacy. Like, um, IOI figures out who he is, where he, uh, where Wade is, based on strictly his first name, and I think mm-hmm. that's extremely timely right now with the whole controversy around Facebook and data storage, information storage through the mm-hmm. internet. Exactly, yeah. he gave almost no information. He said his name was Wade, and right. he said that he had recently bought something, and so mm-hmm. they. 
found him immediately on right. that. Yeah. He gives a four-letter first name, <laughs> one purchase that he made recently, and they're able to find him you know, throughout the entire globe. Uh, yeah. I, I think that is just such a awesome reference to um, the para- – not paranoia, but the concerns that people have nowadays about um, what can f- be found out about you just by putting even the most minute details um, out on the web. Yeah, yeah. The the way people can like, uh, you know, social media stalk people they've like right. maybe met once or whatever. They're just going by. Yeah, these. Yeah. So yeah, whether it comes to people or corporations, that's absolutely a thing. And in terms of uh, like social relevance, uh, the economic uh state of this world, it was it was a big thing for me. Um, you know, there's numerous. You know, they talk about um, there, there's a you know there's energy crises that happened. This whole scenario of stacking mobile homes on top of each other for have less like this low rent housing and they don't have any more space. And it's like, there's a degree of sense that that makes to me. And, uh, and uh, Artemis's motivation uh, for getting into the hunt and everything was uh, really striking to me the way that um, her father, I believe was essentially um, he was just living off his life, paying off his debt to ioi and it just eventually he, he got buried under the debt and they never w- would let him escape it it's like geez like how many of us are just going to be paying off student loans for the next 50 years and like no, it's exactly no like over half of my income goes to goes to yeah. debt and it's that's really striking for me not only in the sense of uh, owing debt in that way but people who are in um economically depressed situations and you know lower income people who just like the system are, are is kind of failing them because because of elements like that it's um yeah th- there was more uh social relevance than i was expecting and those things uh some of those things are touched on in the book but i feel like they fleshed them out a little bit more here and uh and i and i love that that um uh kind of monologue by artemis kind of shook parzival and caused him to kind of change his motivation and to be in it not just just for as much for personal gain well yeah i mean think about it we aside from the geekiverse like we've all got nice paying nine to five jobs Mm -hmm. basically and i think all four of us i would venture to say are paying a decent chunk towards student debt and will be for a long time so you're totally right on that like that's that's you know, you're locked up for a while. I think yeah. the comparison is so fascinating because Josiah, I've heard you say word for word that the current um, crisis with paying off student debt across the nation is not sustainable. You you've used that exact word, yes. not sustainable. And in this world, that debt was not sustainable. That's what you got to this dystopian extreme uh, disparity between you know the 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 wealthy and the you know common citizen. Yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and not to go all. You know, too too deep into it, but you, you know, I that's a, it's long been a study of mine. Is uh, the, oh really? The yeah, I go to my advi- I go to my <laughs> I go to Josiah for a lot of my yeah. student loan it's advice. Very, yeah, that, uh, Josiah's a banker for those of us who don't know. Yeah. Yes, um, and uh, it it is brutal the the ridiculous disparity between. And I don't say this just because I have it. Listen, I went to school. I should pay for it. Absolutely, I should. However, I think the the disparity. Uh, between how much is owed and what the average person in a, in a job maybe our age makes is is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like you said, half of it goes to that, and it's uh, yeah. it's just it's 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 not good. Something's got to change with it. So like, where we live, we're in Buffalo, New York, but New York State has kind of adopted what seems to be a really good program uh, for kids going into college. So it doesn't help us, but hey, maybe it'll help out uh, the future a little bit in terms of the the local economy for the state. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be good. Yeah, it's good that's, stuff. Yeah, it, it needs uh, it, it needs some reform, but yes, it does. Uh, it is something uh, like a, like Pavlik said. I, I, I've uh, looked into that deeply over the years. All right, so <laughs> next podcast, C-SPAN, right? MSNBC. G SPAN. That's right. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> with uh, <laughs> Damn it. the uh, the plot itself, uh, I I don't want to go harp too long on this, but I, harp's not the right word. Um, I I enjoyed the plot a lot. Fixate. Fixate's a good word mm, for it. There you go. Uh, I felt uh, like, and I told my dad this on the way home that. I always wanted to know what's next. This movie, better than most I've seen in the last few years, kept my attention in not feeling predictable and mm. kind of being like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? What's mm. going to happen with the first, the second, the third key? Yeah. He finally gets the egg. Mm. Like, it constantly was a twist and turn, and it wasn't some big shocking plot twist, at, or there wasn't one big plot twist at any point to me, mm. but at the whole time it kept me guessing and on my toes, and I thought it was really thoughtfully well written. Did you guys feel that way? I mean, Seth, it's a little bit tough for you, maybe, because yeah, you read circle it. Circle around to me. But, but I mean, 
Jamie and Pavlik specifically, did you feel you were in the same boat or no? And if not, why? No, I definitely felt that I was in the same boat as you. Um, <laughs> same exact thing. I was so interested by the story. It wasn't insanely predictable like a lot of movies are now. Sure. And so it was kind of nice to actually just be surprised by little things here and there. Like, I, you know, I'd feel like we knew where A Wrinkle in Time was going. We knew where Pacific Rim Uprising was going. I saw Tomb Raider. You know where that one's going if you're a Tomb Raider fan at all. Um, so it, it's kind of and it predictable is not always bad. It's not always bad. But this one did a really, really nice job of finding that middle ground. So I would say that, like, for the duration of the movie, the real-life characters aren't in physical danger. You know, they are at times when, like, IOI starts pursuing them. But for the most part, all of the action is taking place inside the Oasis. So they're not, you know, they're not at risk of death or you know, phys- being physically maimed. Uh, so I feel like that kind of takes the pressure off the story a little bit. The stakes aren't quite as high, and that makes it like a, you know, like a very calm, relaxing type of view. You're not constantly sitting there worrying. Oh, oh you know, I don't is know. This- I get stressed out like when I'm playing a video game. I oh, oh god, I can't. Out, so- not compared to me though. That's like, what I, I felt. So I mean, like you, you don't have to talk about. <laughs> well, no, I'm not comparing there's, us. There's been controllers that have been thrown. Let me just say, yeah. somebody th- when, when somebody throws that blue shell at me right before I'm <laughs> about to cross the finish line in Mario <laughs> oh Kart, oh, bad things happen. Get Mario Kart reference in this movie too. Right. But yes, my, my point did. is, uh, I felt like I was playing, and I was okay. stressed out when they were in trouble. Hey, I, <laughs> I agree. I felt like I was playing too, and maybe it was just the bliss of like being like, hey, I love playing video games. Yeah, but, uh, I think yeah. I think part of it has to do with uh, how I for the massive melees of like thousands of people going with like the end battle and the, the chase in the beginning I think it was remarkably well uh, animated and kind of well choreographed um, the oh, fact yeah. that you could tell what was going on and there were a lot of long shots kind of following like you know the DeLorean and everything I feel like um, that was quite a feat to make such a busy hectic action scene seem understandable and engaging but but that's a really good point about how um, as the as the movie progresses it kind of shifts more like the, the 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 stakes in the oasis rise but also the, they get more and more actual physical danger as well uh, that's a really good point good call on that last fa- uh, battle sequence that could have been a mess and that yeah. couldn't that could not have been easy to, to generate that was beautiful the way that uh, started with the the hordes coming over the the ridge and the, I that was love intense. that so much you know sometimes sometimes a cliche works very very well you yeah know, sometimes like you I can knew that that it. moment was yeah. kind of coming but it, it didn't happen the way I thought and it was very uh yeah that got me Did you guys feel like the sound in this theater was better than it usually was like so to be honest, it was quieter to me, in my opinion. I wish it was it louder. Felt louder to me than it normally does. So Weird. I, I don't know. That's interesting. Huh. Like, certain regal theaters have different, definitely different levels of quality in terms of the the sound. And I felt like this one did a really nice job with the surround sound, or maybe this, it was just the testament to the quality of Ready Player One itself. Yeah. But like, there were a few times when the drones were buzzing in, and it was you totally heard the zoom, like left to right. Oh, I thought that cool. was nice. I, don't know, I didn't really notice it, but I guess the uh, what triggered this discussion is that uh, that final sequence when they're the hordes are running, mm-hmm. like it was like a bunch of marching, beating drums. Like, oh yeah, you yeah. felt it kind of running up on you, and I thought it was a really, uh, really nice, intense way to to add to that sequence i yeah. think this is one that would absolutely be worth it to see in imax or, or 3D. yeah or, or, or 3D, oh, yeah yeah but yeah. especially you know for a lot of the yeah. 80s rock that was being played throughout a lot of these i'm so excited i turned to yeah yeah plenty of themes from the different pop culture properties that they yeah. referenced to my favorite uh seth would know mm, uh, when they played akira ifukubi's um, theme for Godzilla during Mecha Godzilla's. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Mecha Godzilla's entrance. I was trying yeah, to yeah. say. Uh, yeah, and d- just to uh, touch on the overall uh, uh, plot. So, um, a- at least as it compares to the book, uh, it's interesting how the challenges and everything with with getting each key differ from the book because because most of it was was completely different uh the first i think uh, in the book the 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 way you get the uh first key was oh wait what was it there was a oh shoot a <laughs> little bit of a dif- difference in how they got the keys oh yeah i can i know that he clears the first gate by 
first like beating this old computer game that uh, James Halliday uh, uh, programmed, and then by reenacting the entire movie of War Games, like in first person, which is where they got the idea for the Shining sequence, sort of a oh playable gosh. movie type of thing. Um, ah. And there was a lot of uh, oh no, no, he got the first key by beating this like crusty old wizard uh, at Joust, a car arcade game. <laughs> They're just like sitting in an arcade game playing Joust, and. Uh, uh, yeah, so I, I know the your one friend mentioned about how yeah how how different it was uh, from the book in, ter in terms of a lot of that stuff. I really felt like um, they needed to change up some of those. There's some things that read well but don't just wouldn't play in a movie. So I feel like having this big massive chase and then you know having the the, the playable movie thing be adapted to that. I feel like they really translated. Uh, those challenges really well. They condensed a lot of things. Uh, they uh, also... Um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> great, movie. Great, great movie, though. Train got derailed. Good, good talk, guys. <laughs> um, with, uh, with, like we said, there's a lot of pop culture references for this movie. What uh, If you could pick one, what was your favorite? Or, or maybe two. Uh, whether Ooh. it was a game, a song... Uh, a visual cue, a movie, whatever it might have been. I'll tell you this. I when uh, was it after the first key that he was able to spend uh, his yes. some of his yeah because he got yeah. a bunch of credits from doing that yeah okay I loved that little area seeing oh, yeah. all the different <laughs> video games because there was yeah. Borderlands there was Halo um, I, Overwatch was constantly throughout the movie right. which was great yeah yeah, yeah. so, so you basically buy anything from those games yeah, yeah. like because it's that either really cool it's either things that have been like supplied by the people who made the Oasis or it's been like user created at this point because yeah. it's like yeah uh, it so. nice. what's the famous gun from Gears of War with the chainsaw what's oh, that uh, called uh, um, that there's the hammer burst, and that is the um, is chainsaw bayonet. Is that what it's called? I can't remember no. the name for it, but that definitely showed up toward the end. Yes, it did. Well, Artemis was, was using it at one point. I can't believe it's. Yeah, I, it's I, unfortunately, right I can't now. remember the it's name off the top of my head. Um, I, I loved seeing all of the basically the the Spartans, the the master yeah. chiefs. Oh, there was a squad was cool. of Spartans going to the. That um, was really cool. That was really Man, cool. Man, wow. That, yeah, that's tough to narrow down a favorite reference. I mean, you have some off the top. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, King Kong oh, was the, big. the Lancer. The Lancer, thank Lancer. you. Yeah. You, know you what mean I the Mark II Lancer assault rifle? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Nerd! Fucking <laughs> <laughs> nerd! <laughs> Seth! <laughs> Seth! Oh, minute oh, 33. No. Dang it. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there the was, okay, keeper. in his defense, there was one F-bomb in the movie, so. Minute 30, <laughs> oh, minute yeah. 33. That was great. A Seth bomb just went <laughs> off. <laughs> Damn it to hell. Z-bomb. I really also liked the, um, I, this was not obscure at all, but I, as I've said a thousand times, my favorite series ever is the Batman Arkham series for video games. Mm -hmm. I like oh, that yes. they had the yeah. Arkham Knight version of Harley Quinn there. That was just, yeah. uh, that was so great. That I was, was excited. A, a and the Arkham Knight himself, which is <laughs> there were a few bat symbols throughout because uh, this yeah. was a Warner Brothers thing. So they had the there was one on Artemis's goggles. Yep, yep, yep. I like that uh, Parzival's goggles had a, a Greatest American uh, Hero emblem on it, and uh, uh, I think it was a. Uh, Daito, his visor had a Mortal Kombat sticker on it. Uh, very cool. Batgirl showed up at one point yeah, I in did the final battle too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I believe I, that was out of the Arkham series. Yeah. Did I can't remember or not? Did we see the? Um, I want to say it was the final battle. We have to look this up. There's going to be some Easter egg articles. Mm. Um, the Joker, but from Killing Joke with the hat. No, on? I think it was Injustice Two. Oh, it looked like the version because the face. It I recognized that face. It was so quick, and the hair. It was like in the in like the trailers and like. I mean, you can customize the way the Joker looks in that game, but uh, yeah, I'm okay. pretty. I'm pretty sure it was the Unjustice Two Joker. Gotcha. So they, they used a lot. Of, yeah, and I noticed in the final battle there were Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep. But they were the versions from the newer movies. Right. So it's it's kind of. I wonder if that's for. Um, uh, for like modern marketing relevance, or because those are like 3D models they had and like assets, pre-existing assets they had. Oh, Jamie's it? bringing up a picture right now. That's Seth? definitely the Injustice Two Joker. Okay, right. yeah. But th I th I'm pretty sure that Harley that outfit was from the the Arkham Knight yeah. game. I think so it was too. It was. Yeah. I think what WB was doing was taking as much as they could for free promotion <laughs> for this. Basically, right. I mean, it was their movie, so it's yeah. You know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know what. Uh, there's probably a lot of uh, companies that Warner Brothers owns that we aren't uh, aware of in oh, terms of. But but in so terms many. of like gathering licenses and everything, it's like you know they they didn't have Marvel or Star Wars, but other than that, pretty much everything was represented. Yeah. Even I spawn. Yeah, that's right. I got to laugh. I remember that. That was really now. cool seeing Spawn. Um, yeah, in terms of references, I um, will kind of disqualify The Shining from my uh, running because nothing can beat that. 
the, the um, not that it's my favorite reference, but the way it was used, the way Chucky was used. That Chucky was, was funny. really funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Entered the F bomb, the one F bomb. There, there we go. F and Chucky. <laughs> And he's just like this this crazy spazzy bomb that just wipes out. Of, yeah. Um, what about Jamie? Any favorite references? Uh, not any favorite references. I enjoyed seeing Harley and the Joker. Um, the music I loved so much. Yeah, the, that the was music a good soundtrack. Oh, oh um, gosh. oh, I just thought of a reference. There would be up there for me for references was Goro. More oh, combat yeah. coming inside, yeah. and like and like Hassel and Parsman were like, get out of here, and then it's like, and then it turns into a weird alien reference. Yeah, it was the chest burst. Yeah, that was uh. great. Uh, so, uh, who you call it? Chun Li was in there at one point. Chun Li, there, Ryu, was a Hado- there was a, was Hado- a Hadouken. Hado- yeah, I see. I saw Blanca. Oh, uh, see, I miss Blanca. Blanca was hanging out there. Yeah. So this is a movie not only to see again, but to to Blu-ray freeze frame every frame by you know in those huge uh, battle sequences. I can't imagine the, the the smaller characters that they hid and everything. I caught a Mach Five in the race scene, and I missed that. If I was part of the I would use the Mach Five because of the ga- I mean the gadgets. The gadgets exactly. on that car. Right. Did not use it. Yeah, more anyway. than a James Bond vehicle. Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, I liked the DeLorean. The oh DeLorean yeah, was good. That and that's was wonderful. Cool. I love the the Back to the Future music cue showing up multiple times. <laughs> It was. It was. Uh, if if you blinked, you probably missed three or four easily yeah. uh, at any time. It was. It was crazy. That Gundam almost brought a tear to my eye, though. <laughs> yeah. Especially they're building the, up to it. Exactly. Too. Oh, I choose a Gundam. In terms, oh God. And uh, in regards to the references, so this is something that I'm going to be uh, kind of noting as I see this movie again. But uh, what do you guys? There's so much. There's such a thrill seeing this movie and just seeing all the, everything, all the references pop up. And I'm curious to see kind of how the movie holds up beyond that as a story, uh, as a world and everything. Um, I reckon that the movie beneath the references is still quite solid. What do you guys, do you think the movie holds up beyond that? I 100% agree, and that's yeah. precisely yes. for what story we talked about just a little while ago, which yeah. was all the real-world references, uh, references and allusions yeah. to yeah. Uh, current affairs. Mm-hmm. This so. is totally something you can go into. You don't have to like video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can like video games and not have a great, huge base knowledge of it. And come away with a great story. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, it felt like it was more than icing on the cake for all the great references that we had. Yeah. So yeah. I, um, uh, I thought that was a beautiful balance. Yeah. It's like Jamie, you're you're not like super well versed in video games. You have a good knowledge of it, but like uh, you'd probably agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. it's still uh, there was a lot of movie references too, and that yeah was mm-hmm. good for me. The um yeah the, the story itself and the characters I think is why what, what was before I rambled off earlier is what I wanted to touch on is that the um I think this is more well written in certain ways than the book the book um, builds a great world and it ha- it's very imaginative but there's so, some of the character arcs are a little uh, rushed or underdeveloped in the book and uh, like Artemis and Parzival I feel like their romance has less development in the book and the way that. Uh, uh, Ogden Morrow, Simon Pegg's character, shows up in the in the end. I really I think is really like in the book. He's like such a Deus Ex Machina that like comes out of nowhere at the last minute and like gives everybody everything they need in order to win the day. And I feel like the way it happened in the movie was much stronger. So I, I was that's what I was hoping for. I feel like, you know take take the great ideas in the great world of the book and kind of adapt adapt it and uh, you know improve some of those elements for the movie. And I feel like for the most part they really did that. So that was great. Yeah. What do we got next? I think it's a good time to jump through some of the cast. Probably like we, I don't want to run through the whole cast, but mm-hmm. some, are we taking any breaks or are we just powering through this? Uh, Let's power through it. Yeah. All right. Let's power through it. We're, uh, we're actually getting towards the end here. Uh, with the, the cast here, uh, one off the top of my head that kind of was a light bulb for Pavlak was Ben <laughs> Mendelsohn as uh, Director I, Krennic. I knew I knew him from something. <laughs> I knew I had seen him in something. Oh, I could not yeah, put my finger on it for some me. reason. I would have said it like a hundred times. Right. But oh uh, I just knew Seth knew. So. Yeah. Uh, that was the thing. But he plays a great villain. He I'll tell you what. He's played a lot of villains, yeah. He's always a Captain Marvel. He's going to be Captain Marvel. He was uh, uh, Roland Daggett in Dark Knight Rises. He uh, There's probably a couple that are escaping Very me right underrated. now. He said that he would like to play Doctor Doom. Uh, so he's uh, all over the place. So, he, I but he's wonderful. I love. I think he was perfect for this. Yeah, and uh, the entire was. cast was fantastic. I love the cat. I love. I feel like you like to see him angry. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah he's got oh, a he he's got a simmering. This time, so he can do whatever he wants. See, yeah. I like him because he kind of comes off as like a bumbling, not entirely competent <laughs> villain. 
Like, you know, there's almost mm. like a comedic side to him sometimes. And like, especially yeah. with Krennic, Krennic wasn't physically imposing. He he was, you know, he made mistakes in Rogue One. So it almost like it galvanized him to work even harder, to be even he more was, ambitious. Was, he was getting screwed over. Right. You know, and uh, everything. In oh, Rogue One. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah, go ahead. No, I... Cast... Um, uh, they're coming out with a Robin Hood movie this year, and he's playing Sheriff of Nottingham. Ah, and I can oh, see it. Perfect. I can totally. He's see like it. the villain. He's the new Gary Oldman in the nineties. <laughs> like Gary Oldman was the villain actor. He was always playing Air Force Except One. Serious Black. Uh, he yeah, the best yeah. Serious Black. Well, I guess that was his turning point. <laughs> and they play Winston Churchill, and he won an Oscar. So <laughs> well deserved Oscar. Yes. So well. Except for uh, uh, James Franco as Tommy Wiseau. Wasn't even nominated. Come on. Uh, anyway. Oh, you betray me. Yeah, everybody betray him. <laughs> the, uh, the cast was fantastic. I loved... Um, Puff, like, who you got for a cast? Uh, well, Seth was on the tip yeah, of his tongue or something. I knew he didn't know the name of Okay, wait, of who plays Wade Watts? Actors. He plays Cyclops in the new X-Men Ty movies. Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan. Okay. Uh, yeah, run through the list. I really liked Olivia Cook in this. I know her a little bit from Bates Motel. Is that Artemis? And this oh, is, I haven't yeah, seen that. I she was Artemis. Else. And I mean, this character, Artemis Samantha Cook, was a super far cry from the character that she plays in Bates Motel, which is, I mean, just in general, a completely different tone of a world and setting from I this. I loved her character. She, you know, she's, she, was, she was great. Interesting that they used her real last name. <laughs> her last name is Cook. Oh. But spelled with an E. Yes. Ah. She was in me. So it's Cookie. She was in me and Earl and the Dying Girl. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> oh my goodness. Man, he's just dropping the vulgarity left and right on this <laughs> yeah. one. God. We, we set got me pumped. This is going to be rated M. <laughs> this podcast rated M. I guess video true. games. Rated Z for Zelensky. I guess video games do make you more aggressive. Oh. 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 No. What else we got for cats? Okay. Anyway, she was in me and Earl and the Dying Girl, which I did not see that movie. But I read the book, and she is the title Dying Girl. You so like Earl Grey tea? That's what I got of what you just said there. Yes, that's what I said. Can we cut Josiah's mic, please? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what I say. Um, I'm like, who else we got here? I know we had... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Polish last name, same thing. What's the one, What's the difference? Go ahead, Seth. Go ahead. I'm saying you're looking it up. You're, you're fine. I can you're see fine. You can <laughs> go right Lena, ahead. Lena Wraith go as right. H. She was, I, was, I would love to see her. I love Lena Wraith. I loved her in um, uh, Master of None. Amongst other things, and uh, so that that was that was a cool uh, t- kind of a twist that they retained from the book, and that uh, sh- uh, that you know H is obviously not you know uh, who he she appears to be, and, and she's the one who said it could be anybody. That was yeah, funny. yeah. So that was great, uh, and she's a yeah great actress. But uh, yeah, it was it was really great to see her in there. And uh, that yeah, they actually showed uh, it was interesting that they have been showing her in the marketing, like on the posters and stuff, because it, it is kind of a, a twist. So it, it kind of takes uh, away from the twist okay. maybe a little bit to have. I did to not notice it, but I cool. didn't really look at the. Yeah, posters. I guess if yeah, t- it's not super clear, but you could put these pieces together. And I, if you yeah, we're trying to, but anyway. I will. I will say that Philip Zhao played the most spunky eleven-year-old that I've oh, ever seen. He was great. Yeah, Th- I feel like those characters. You know, they they only had so much time on screen together, but I feel like they developed as an as an ensemble pretty admirably, despite that. Yeah, Daito and Show. Daito and Show. Yeah, a and samurai sh- and a ninja, basically. In yeah, yeah, in. or Daito and Shoto, like the sword, like the short sword and the right. long sword. Um, the uh, yeah, the, the there were a lot of like small character moments f- from everybody that I feel like really kind of fleshed out the characters in the world and just g- gave the movie this charm that didn't, you know, it helped it to not, you know, f- it just gave it its own kind of unique signature. The characters were great. Go on. Anyone else we're missing there? Uh, TJ Miller? As oh uh, I rock. He's so good. <laughs> I, let me tell you. He's good I really in like TJ Miller. I think he's hilarious. Uh, I feel like he always plays himself. Maybe the best part, <laughs> yeah. of, maybe the best part of Deadpool. Uh, mm. You, you, you kind of knew it was him as soon as you heard his voice. Mm. And oh, man, just the things he said that broke like the what you thought was going to be a tense moment. Just mm. priceless. I think I might need physical therapy. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Uh, 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 yeah, it was a really. Iraq was like barely in the book at all. Iraq was just this uh, this person that like Parzival and H ran across, who was like this like poser who was, who was like trying to like he carried around a big gun. He tried to talk about how you know he's a good gunter, and everyone would just like he tried to you know kind of show off to people, but he didn't really like know these things about like James Halliday and all this stuff. And but they really expanded his role immensely in a, in a really cool way. I so. want a buddy cop movie with Iraq <laughs> and Korg. 
from Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> yes, that would be you so know what? good. That. Korg hey, man. is, I cannot understate how much I love Korg. Thank me. you. <laughs> I, I, I one, Korg is hey. one of my favorite MCU characters. Oh, like Straight up. <laughs> he he is absolutely the best. I adore him so much. Anyway. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi is hilarious. Hey, you need to, hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. I go on the ship over there. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Uh, kind of a I freaky wish. circle. You got me on a whole thing now. <laughs> Piss off, ghost. Yeah, <laughs> I, I. Take, you should watch what we do in the shadows. Oh, that's I have a it. Great movie. Oh, you need to watch it. It's hilarious. I, it is it is wonderful. Oh, you. Oh, you. I, d- oh, you have it. seen it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lauren, Lauren and I got it maybe like two Halloweens ago. I adore Taika Waititi. So me much. too. Yeah. I on uh, the most recent walking carpet we did. It was me and Maggie. I pitched uh, the idea of him directing. A Star Wars movie Ooh. based on was a rumor. Uh, uh, Dr. Aphra from uh, <laughs> the new Marvel comics because it, it that's a character that he could have a lot of freedom with. Uh-huh. And her ba- in her kind of crew, if you will, she's got a Wookiee and an astromech and, uh, oh my gosh, what is C-3PO? Uh, protocol droid. Protocol droid. So she's got like three of them, but they're like, they're like the Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit. Like, they're mm. misfits, but they're hilarious. Yeah. He should totally do that, and mm. I think I'd be and all And then Reese Darby can make a cameo. I'd be all yeah, in for yeah. one, one f- you know, funny Star Wars movie. That, that would be good for me. <laughs> but, uh, I yeah, good good stuff all the way around here. Last thing before we move on. with or Okay. Um, modern gaming references. So, uh, kind of going with the squad theme. I thought that... It was a nice way that it was like, hey, there's there's five of us together here. We we do everything together. Um, you all, oftentimes in these massive these MMORPGs, you don't meet the people that you're playing with. That was another theme. I like how the end uh, for the last key was streaming. That yeah. was like a, an obvious nod to Twitch yeah. to me. They even mentioned Twitch at uh, one point or two throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah. Seen all her Twitch streams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Artemis, because yeah. she's like an internet celebrity, kind of. Isn't that awesome? Like, <laughs> so I thought that that was a really nice way to. Uh, I, not that the book's old, but like this modernized it and kept it. It, it was just it was yeah. perfect for this day and age. I, I I don't know how it'll age over the years, but. It's I a, feel it's like a nice it was it, it, the way it was kind of just alongside everything else. I don't I don't feel like it was terribly gimmicky or anything. Nah, uh, it was just you know yeah. I, I'm I'm sorry. Can we go back to the cast for a moment? We missed yeah. two big notable Simon Pegg Simon as Pegg. Ogden Morrow and Mark Rylance as James Halliday. I, I I think Mark Rylance was so perfect. He he perfectly captured the Halliday they described in the <laughs> books and be, he's like really awkward. He's really antisocial. He's and the the way that uh, the hunt is like an expression of like uh, unfulfilled potential in his life and frustrations in his life and everything was um, I think it was yeah remarkable that they kind of captured that through the story as well about how it's you know as much of a journey for the egg as it in, as it is through um, you know appreciating what what this what made James Halliday who he was through all the '80s references and everything but also kind of appreciating his faults and kind of growing from those and the, the ending that you know that takes place in his childhood bedroom was was straight out of the book and everything so that was uh mark Rylance is a gr- plays a great uh kind of um uh subtle kind of quirky misfit and uh you know if you, I don't know if you've ever seen him in like movies like bridge of spies another spielberg movie uh mark Rylance and simon pegg fantastic i'm sorry i i, no, I, 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 I had to go back and, and mention uh, those guys simon pegg's uh, accent there was uh, pretty American remarkable accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh they both. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I like that. Uh, Mark Rylance's James Halliday had kind of like this. Uh, I think it was like a bit of a Midwestern accent. And he's from Ohio, I think, in the in the in the story. So, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard Simon Pegg do an American no. accent before. It was so good. He does good voices too. When he yeah. did like the what, what the curator voice that was. Oh good. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. That Which was, was clearly Jeeves, right? Am I? Yeah. That was an Ask Jeeves reference, right? I think so. I uh, hmm. I got Mr. Belvedere vibes from that. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, it, it, if we're keeping it eighties, but I don't know. I'm and, okay. Interesting. I, I, I especially because he was like the, like you know, the one they go to for questions to search for something. I thought for sure that was an Ask Jeeves reference. Um. Yeah. No, I didn't get. I didn't get that. From I, that. Uh, I don't know. If it, I don't even know if it was meant to reference something specifically. Hmm. And that's another thing that wasn't uh, in the book. Uh, yeah, the curator. He was so sassy. It's a, a deep movie. Mm. Um, <laughs> I uh, do. Do you guys find especially kind of 
in all that we do for the Geekiverse and keeping up with all the latest content, specifically for video games, do you ever find like you're you're kind of rushing to get to the end of a video game? I feel like that all the time, just with how many I try to get to with all the review copies we get. And this was a movie that was telling you to kind of enjoy the journey. And sometimes I need to make yes. myself stop and do that. And that was that was that was beautifully done. That's another way I feel like this movie kind of uh, honored video games in general that kind of the the way Wade is monologuing as he's finishing that you know getting that last key and about the the whole thing about adventure which is you know it's everything he was saying is true you know the original video game easter egg and you know appreciating the creator and I, and I I feel like that plus the um at the end of that scene between Wade and uh Halliday in his bedroom before he he leaves where you know, as he's walking out the door with his his childhood self, he kind of looks back and Parswell is just it just kind of humbly says, "Thanks for playing my game." It's kind of like this, you know, like people you know endure you know long hard hours for years on end to create these gaming experiences, and you know a lot of people you know these unsung people, and you know just to hear that appreciation for you know thanks for playing this this thing I, I created it was uh, it was really endearing to me. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a sweet moment for sure. Yeah. At the yeah, end of some gravity to it. At the end of a lot of Nintendo games, there's always a little blurb across the screen. Thanks for playing, and like that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. just sticks out to me yeah. from seeing it in my childhood. It all, you know, it always brings a smile to my face whenever I see that at the end of a Zelda game or a Mario game, especially. Was it the end of uh, Castlevania? The credits it says uh, you played the greatest part in this game. Something possibly. It's, it's kinda, I can't it's remember. Like top. a version of that. Yeah. You know, there's something to be said. There's a difference between finishing a piece of art and experiencing it. Yeah, and that's what yeah it was the point yeah about actually, yeah experiencing the entirety of the world and yeah absolutely. With uh, that being said, that that just about wraps up our our first quarter of the year here. Um, minus best friends or best fiends, depending on how you look at it, oh. uh, which is tomorrow. A recording for that. Ah, uh, we it wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> man, that's a wild Friday night. Oh boy, that's you got any hot plans for this Friday? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, best friends, dude. Tommy was so all day. Uh, so that being said, uh, we we've had some okay movies this year. Nothing that's blown me quite out of the water yet. But what uh, what's the best movie that you've seen this year? Just since January first that has come out. I'm gonna go with Black Panther number one, and close behind that so far. You know what? I mean, it it was originally Annihilation before tonight, but I think Ready Player One may have may have slipped into number two for me. Jamie, I have to agree with Pav. I loved Black Panther, and I since we're fresh out of the movie, I don't like to judge it yet on where it'll rank in my year of movies so far. But I think Ready Player One's going to be up there. Um, I haven't seen a ton of movies. I saw Wrinkle in Time, but it does not compare to these. So. No, not at all. <laughs> Seth. I'm yeah. I'm looking through to see if I missed anything that came out early this year. I still have to. I, Isle of Dogs would be a big contender for me. I haven't had a chance to see that yet. Wes Anderson, correct? Yes. Yes. I've heard very good things about it. Yeah. Well, so, but but going based off yeah, unless I'm forgetting something, um, yeah, be, be between this and Black Panther. Um, I mean, Annihilation was fantastic, but um, Ready Player One is as far as just what I freshly coming away from it. Um, I personally, I, it would it would go maybe above Black Panther on my list. I haven't rewatched Black Panther since I saw it, and I still have to rewatch this. So that's a tentative ranking, but I would tentatively say Ready Player One. I think uh, for me, it's definitively Black Panther uh, without a doubt. Um, I think in my uh, my second slot, I, I would either have uh, uh, Ready Player One or Tomb Raider. Uh, they're so different. It's just they're drastically different, but you know what I love about it is that they're both really based on video games and that's pretty awesome. So in very different it, ways. Yeah. It's a good uh, it's a good start to the year in terms of that and hopefully we can shift that tide in video game quality movies. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, after that man Wrinkle in Time and Pacific Rim didn't do much for me. Uh, so mm-hmm. un- unfortunately I, I don't really care where those rank but uh, it's yeah. not Annihilation uh, would be high up there for me yeah uh, haven't seen uh, Game Night haven't seen uh, oh I want to see Game Night better hurry <laughs> I know what are the other recent movies that, yeah anyway well I really want to see I Kill Giants if it actually comes to theaters in our area but oh, apparently yeah. that is getting an extremely limited release mm. Less than one month from now, we've got the Avengers Infinity War, uh, which looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are also in this next quarter going to get Deadpool 2. We're going to get Solo, A Star Wars Story. 
the Jurassic World sequel. Um, I know I'm missing a, a bunch here. And we're all going to have heart attacks when we go see A Quiet Place. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you, you have oh fun. Gosh. You have fun with that. It's, it ain't going to be a quiet place no more. The Incredibles uh, 2. Incredibles 2, yes. Uh, I'm very excited that they announced Lego The Incredibles, by the way. I, I love the Lego games. That's a neat yeah. uh, neat property for them. That's a cr- an interesting crossover yeah. with Disney there because they usually... I think it'll work. Oh, it will. It, uh, but where my hesitation was is that Disney usually doesn't license those out for Lego games so much. So uh, I'm into that. Uh, Aquaman. Well, that's the end out. of the year, right? Yeah, that's yeah. December. Oh, I thought we were just talking 2018. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was yeah. just saying uh, next next quarter. So oh, okay. that being said, it's, it's kind of a stacked list there. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll wrap things up here. Uh, tell us what you thought about Ready Player One. Uh, inevitably, hopefully, this is a dream. In a few years, we'll be back for Ready Player Two. <gasps> Yay! Oh. That is, I believe, it's being written. I believe uh, I would be oh. down for that. Yeah, uh, I think that would be great. Uh, <laughs> so, what did you think of Ready Player One? Tell us in the comments section on any of our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. Uh, if you found this podcast, yeah, you can listen to it on iTunes, SoundCloud, or right through thekeekiverse.com. Where is everybody here on social media and what can we plug that you're working on for the Geekiverse uh, or that you released recently? Jamie, we'll start with you. I am on Twitter at Jamie Lynn Leroy. And, well, this week, actually, this weekend, A Series of Unfortunate Events Season 2 comes out on Netflix. I will be watching and reviewing. Yeah. Nice. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, someone's not a fan, apparently. Also, I hated the Series of Unfortunate (laughs) Opinions. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, I, yeah. Wow. The movie was way better. The movie was really good. Well, that's we love Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is, yes, um, wonderful. Also, I am on a podcast known as The Girls Who Geek. We will be doing, I believe our next one is Women in Marvel. I'm not positive if that's set in stone, but we're doing Women in as a series. So Very good. Yes. Mm-hmm. That'll be uh, exciting. Pavlak. I'm on Twitter at Jeffrey Pavs, Instagram Jeff Pavlock, and I recently just released a monster <laughs> of an article <laughs> all about the kind of renaissance we're seeing for the giant monster genre. Okay, how? What's it? What was <laughs> I was asking to have your mic cut. Oh, <laughs> I slay! I slay! I know! I, sl- I know! I slay me with these! Hu- I slay me with these I make, huge I make, puns. I make, I make worse jokes than all of you, though. So I um. Because uh, you are slaying me. Exactly. Oh, 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 but basically, the whole feature, on, the whole feature <laughs> is about how you know, even as recent as ten years ago, giant monsters were guys in rubber suits thrown, uh, throwing each other into cardboard buildings and swiping at model planes and st- on strings, and now they're in blockbusters now it's Friday with, night at my with spe- right with <laughs> spectacle and um, all kinds of effects that we never really imagined we could see just a few years ago for the genre. Nice. Very, Very cool. good. Yeah. Lots, lots coming up. It's a long read, though, so uh, get yourself comfortable if you sit down with it. And I know a fraction a fraction to be generous of what you know when it comes to monster yeah. genre and monster movies, and I enjoyed that read myself because I edited it. So yes. That was good. <laughs> uh, so I had to read it. <laughs> I, I, was, I was forced to read it, but it, it was wonderful anyway, <laughs> so it was good. Uh, what's going on with you, Seth? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Cap Amerikonski, and uh, got a few things in the works. Uh, there's going to be a new PlayStation retrospective YouTube series that will be starting up shortly. Uh, kind of just look at kind of the PS1 era specifically, kind of just uh, kind of game by game, topic by topic, kind of just kind of going going through it and just uh, getting some getting some history and getting some insight onto the uh, you know the way gaming was then, what it's like to play those games now, and all that good stuff. Uh, there's a new defense theater in the works, Man of Steel, and uh, there's uh, some other slightly further off projects like our little. Our little silent film, our little Spider-Man silent film business. We'll, that, we'll storyboard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to storyboard it and uh, pull up some reports and uh, get some findings and uh, pull up the analytics on that and see how it looks. Good stuff. Uh, I am at Josiah D. Leroy on Twitter. Uh, you can find me there talking about either geeky things, probably Star Wars or how miserable the end to this Buffalo Sabres season is if you are a hockey fan. Yeah. Uh, at least Casey Middlestep made his debut today, so that was exciting. Uh, so... For the Geekiverse, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. Me, personally, I am working on an 18-part series called Some Assembly Required. Uh, that is a written series at thegeekiverse.com. Each new part chronicles one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Uh, we're going chronologically right from the beginning with Iron Man all the way through Black Panther. We're going to talk about why that movie was important, the kind of the uh, the time frame, uh, 
of the reaction surrounding when it came out, some Easter eggs with it, uh, Stanley's appearances. Uh, it's it's gonna it's a nice checklist of sorts that kind of will help you gear up for Infinity War, which, like we said, is in less than a month. Also, right now I'm playing through Assassin's Creed Rogue on the Xbox One that just came out uh, in the remastered e- edition. And uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm uh, one sequence in out of six. So, so far, so good. For the Geekiverse, we have uh, a few big things coming up in the next few months. We've got Nickel City Con, uh, which we are heavily involved with with our friends over at David Adams. Uh, we're a sponsor again this year for Nickel City 3. And uh, we're hosting a bunch of these celebrity panels, including uh, John Heater, uh, one Steve Blum, yeah, uh, and then a, a handful of other ones. Uh, so we can't wait, uh, including uh, actually... One that I should mention, Shannon Purser from Stranger Things. So, uh, some good stuff there. If you're looking to support the Geekiverse, there's numerous ways, but one in particular, you can become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash the Geekiverse. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can pledge as little as $1 a month, and that goes a long way for us. There are successive levels after that. Uh, They all unlock uh, unique perks based on the monetary value. So, uh, if you would consider doing that, we would greatly, greatly appreciate that. That keeps the lights on here at the Geekiverse. Lastly, we are partnered, uh, a proud partner of Fantastic T-shirts. Uh, each week, there's a new geek-themed T-shirt uh, based on one of your favorite properties, whether it's a movie or a video game. Uh, I got mine in the mail. Guys, tell me how great this shirt is. Seriously. That's beautiful. <laughs> Duck hunt, but... Bounty Hunter, basically, uh, themed. Uh, we'll have to NES post a picture. box art, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's gorgeous. So Delry did a great job on that one. However, uh, if you purchase that shirt, uh, which, like I said, it's a new design every week, a portion of that goes to charity or a family in need, and it is outlined right on the homepage. You can go to 26.26shirts.com slash fantastic, which is F-A-N-T-E-E-S-T-I-C. Uh, that will go a long way for someone in need. And in addition, you're getting a really nice product out of it yourself. So, uh, what's uh, what's our next uh, spoiler cast? Well, maybe best friends, but uh, I don't know about a quiet place. I don't. <laughs> I don't know uh, if I if I is will it go be, or survive. Well, Avengers will be a definite. Avengers that's, is that's a coming definite. up pretty soon. Yeah, that's that's probably the, the next. I want Rampage to be good, but we'll see what happens with yeah, that. I don't have high hopes, but hey, that's okay. That's okay. I think I think Rampage will be will be pretty good because it's not it knows what it is and it's not taking itself too seriously. Self aware. Yeah, it seems self aware. So uh, a very important quality in pop culture. I will tell you that. So for Jimbo, for Pavlok, for Seth Zelinsky, I am Josiah Leroy. Thank you very much for listening. We look forward to talking to you soon. Have a good night. Bye.